0: Hey, Dreamers, this is Guy Hutchinson of Drunk on Disney and the Sesame Place book. And the one thing I want to tell the world is that if there is something you want out there and you can't find it, you create it.
1: Hey, Dreamers, Joe Pardo here, and I am so glad that you're joining me today. Uh, today's episode is going to be have uh, Derek Zardis on, who is from, I think it's Globo Run because he's going to, it is Globorun.com. Because he is going to be running all fifty or fifty states right right Matt
2: I'd say so yeah,
1: yeah fifty states okay so yeah all fifty states uh in in uh in fifty weeks I think it's fifty fifty states in fifty weeks i believe it's it's been a little while since since uh we've recorded the episode but uh but yeah so Anyway, as you can hear, I have a guest with me here for for my what's supposed to be a monologue slash question and answer. <laughs> but uh, it, it just worked out because uh, Matt, uh, one of one of my brothers, is here, Hello. and it just makes sense to have him have him join me.
2: It does make sense, seeing as I was right across the street and I was off, and uh, I was going to come over anyway. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So
1: it just worked out, and I hadn't gotten a chance to record this sooner. So because uh, Sunday. I was at our uh baby shower pretty much the entire day, and then unpacking or well packing then unpacking and then unboxing and sorting and It took quite a while, and I'm glad that my mom and uh my stepdad Fred showed up to uh to help me and Melissa out at the time to uh to get that all sort situated but uh but yeah so so we're here um so, Matt, why don't you tell a little bit about yourself since you're here, and you've never been on the show in over 200 episodes, so <laughs> congratulations. That's oh, overdue.
2: Let's see. I, I've known Joe for a number of years, um, and uh, yeah, we're almost like uh, we're almost like brothers, I'd say. I always consider him uh, as a younger brother. Uh, we've always stayed in touch. I've had a lot of friends where you know they moved away, or I don't know, they just... I'm just not moving know. away. That's the <laughs> that's problem. <laughs> that's true. now it's joe's great because he's i mean as you all know he's he's a confident guy he's honest and he's i love the fact he's dependable if he says he's going to do something he does it i've had too many friends where you know i'm trying to coordinate a get together and then at the last minute you know I'm, i'm calling him up trying to you know, uh sort things out and they're like, Oh, we were supposed to do something today or oh yeah, sorry, I'm I'm in Virginia today. I didn't I didn't even know. And Joe's like, I'm ready to go, where are you? I'm you know, I should have been here fifteen minutes ago, so it's yeah, he Joe's awesome.
1: Oh, well thank you, Matt. I uh I because I I like I like people to to extend the same courtesy to me so I can't expect people to do that uh that for me if they're if I'm not willing to do that for them
2: exactly and I feel too many people are just easily distracted I don't know if it's just a, a current thing and I don't want to sound like a, an old fart but it's just uh, you know like the Louis C K joke the right you know smartphones everybody's sitting there in a room texting to each other I I just feel like I'm so often. Out a place where I'm like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get things done and people are just, like, off in their own little world. It's uh, it's refreshing to find somebody that, while they are on the Internet and are so involved with technology, you can still, you know, take the time to uh pick up the phone and call you and, you know, you don't have to get through it to them only through Facebook Messenger. It's uh, it's It's a nice change of pace. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, I never want to get to that. But I will yeah. say this. Haven't you ever seen the pictures of the trains with the from, like, the 50s and 40s or whatever? With the, Everybody's got a newspaper in front of them. It's like it's a whole big train car, and every single person has the newspaper pulled in front of their eyes. Well,
2: that's because people were more shy back then.
1: Oh, yeah, clearly. <laughs> they were trying to hide behind the newspaper. Now we're just trying to hide behind the phone, but it's uh-huh. it's not big enough. Well, it's getting there. Maybe we all need just tablets now to hide behind our, our faces behind.
2: I don't know. It's It's... And, and look, you know, I like uh, I like taking a newspaper on the train, or you know, I like reading a book, even if from.
1: They uh, still know. sell newspapers.
2: They do, yeah. Actually, uh, well, <laughs> the last one I brought was that Back to the Future uh, newspaper. But yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, okay. So that was important. Was so, to <laughs> that was important. I don't know what
2: the articles are about, but I have Marty McFly in the cover,
1: and, and by God, I was going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> So so let's see. So this this week I uh, I didn't get a whole lot done as far as as my journey is concerned because uh, I you know this this week for me was really I was tired a lot and I don't I don't know why like I'd be up for like four or five hours and then it'd be like okay time for a nap and I'm like but that's 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 not what I'm supposed to be doing like I have mm-hmm. so many things to accomplish especially you know as we we grow closer to to Ava time uh, as we've been calling it around here. Um, it, it, you know, it's really important for me to be, be muscling towards, you know, making all this work as a, as, a, as I don't have a, a real full-time job at this point. So, you know, I, I, I'm, uh, very well aware though. I mean, the week before, uh, I did, I did submit to a lot of, um, a lot of speaking engagements. And I think on Monday I, I did a couple, like a handful of them. But uh, haven't I've only been shortlisted for one so far. I've been declined for two. Uh, one was because they they decided that they didn't want to pay a speaker anymore, hmm. so they 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 withdrew their their application or their their I don't know what you call it their 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 wanted ad, if you will. Right. And uh, the other one was, which is so weird to me, is that they they declined me for a talk it was for leadership and they were trying to equate leadership to the yellow you know the yellow brick road and the wizard of oz they wanted somebody to like make that connection because the the yellow brick road is uh their theme for for 2016 so for them it was like okay um how do we get somebody that they could do leadership and and equate it to to the wizard of oz and i'm like this is like right down my alley like i you know i don't have a specific talk that equates everything to the wizard of oz but i was like i could totally make it work right and and i i guess that uh i guess i didn't do a good enough job explaining to them that i have the qualification to do such a thing
2: i mean you didn't walk in and just say follow the yellow brick road trot the mic and walk out because i mean that would have been the easiest presentation ever (laughs) i mean it's pretty much right there i just kind of follow along and it's eventually you'll get where you need to go go, yeah i I guess it wasn't good enough
1: no i I maybe maybe it's because i um you know i i'm more about like how to find that yellow brick road Mm. because because a lot of times like people will be i mean again this is for leadership so it's a little bit different um but uh, for for me, it would be it, it's all about finding it, right? Because it's not always very apparent. I mean, obviously, for me, I'm like all over the place when it comes to building different things and different um, organizations and products and and services and shows and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, it, you know, to just follow the Elbert Road, like that's great if you if you're going to go to school or or something like that. But you know, I I think I did a good job at, at explaining it. But I also know that. Um, I'm not good at explaining things, <laughs> oh,
2: but you are. I mean, what you're saying makes sense. I mean, like with my work, I can equate to, we have a lot of people that are highly motivated, but you have to sort of put them in the right direction. You know, they, if you put them on a project or show them, Hey, this is what you could be doing. They will just take it from there and run with it. But some people just, you know, lack that sense of direction. Like, you know, I, I have all this, uh, this ability, I have all this skill. I just don't know where it to. I'm confused. I have so many different choices. It's overwhelming. You're like, just you know I gotta give them that tunnel vision right do this and just watch them take off and you know and they'll do their own thing but people just uh, they tend to lack that guidance or you know maybe they're just overwhelmed because there are so many choices when it comes to careers or you know even just what to have for breakfast for that matter
1: <laughs> yeah yeah well if you have more than one option in the house then yeah. you have to figure out what which path they're gonna take that the, the super sugary one or the <laughs> uh, as Matt knows the, the Kashi grain one <laughs> uh, Kashi <laughs> um so, yeah, so that was, it was, it was a bit disappointing to, uh, to, and as some of you know and follow me on Facebook, I, you know, it was a bit disappointing, but uh, I really do feel like it was uh, their loss on, on that one. But, you know, maybe, I, I think maybe possibly they, they, they wanted somebody that was more in their backyard because it wasn't Tampa and mm-hmm. And if you know being in tampa i 'd have to fly there and and the money was was good, but it wasn 't great, so you know it would have costed me probably like two three hundred dollars just to go do the event, um, so I probably would have walked away with about seven hundred or maybe they found someone cheaper so it 's not necessarily that I guess i wasn 't the best fit and I, I guess that's mm-hmm. kind of like the lesson to learn is, is there 's more as, you know, as, as I've written in my book, there, there's always multiple perspectives, and you should look at it from that. And that's what I did was broke it down. Like, hey, it's not just because of me. It's not just because of what, the, what I bring to the table. It's like, hey, they want someone in the backyard. Maybe they actually only wanted to pay five hundred dollars instead of like a thousand or something like that. But I had to, you know, to me, I have to charge a thousand because I got to tra- I got to travel there. If I charge five hundred, what am I going to do? I'm going to fly to right. Tampa for a, a day and a half and make two hundred dollars like
2: it's which it's, would be ridiculous and you know and charging less also takes away from your value i you have to be able to show that hey i'm worth the money to bring me out here i will put on a fantastic presentation who knows why they didn't pick you i mean you could analyze it all day and never have an answer i mean but you're already moving on to the next thing it doesn't matter it's it's irrelevant you know that's your loss
1: right yeah oh definitely I, you know i just wanted to bring it up for anybody sure. who didn't see it on facebook but um but yeah, so what was the other thing? Uh, well, this week we I helped Matt move, mm-hmm. uh, which was it was supposed to happen like what on like Sunday or something, right? Yeah. Then we got the uh, the blizzard. Well, not really a blizzard, but it, oh, it was Monday. Monday it was supposed yeah. to happen, right? And yeah, we had the the snow, and it would have been a real pain uh, <laughs> getting your stuff out. Even though some of it was already melting by Monday, it still was pretty uh, pretty bad. I mean, schools were out. The, you know, people didn't go to school, um, and, and in some cases, people still weren't going to work on Monday. So, it, you know, even though it stopped snowing, what early Sunday morning mm-hmm. or late Saturday night, uh, it was it was still pretty rough. I mean, heck, I was out Monday, and they were still um, over in like Washington Township area. They they had cops off to the side of the road with these giant like uh, equipment like still pl- not plowing but they were like mm. shoveling out the snow yeah um i can't think of what it's called but um <laughs> i can't think of what that so so yeah they were using like the giant <laughs> quick like, pause the podcast <laughs> like a giant loader <laughs> like a giant loader to uh to sure. scoop the snow up mm-hmm. off the side of the road not 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 like off the road but like dig out lanes like mm-hmm. the right turn lanes and mm-hmm. stuff like that so you know it was still very much not gr- a great situation now on monday but there were, there were still a lot of people out. Um, there were. I mean, but
2: even at the apartment, it was a mess. I mean, I saw people out there trying to get their cars with, uh, you know, like, uh, like like cat litter scoopers. And, like, it was, like, I don't know what's going on.
1: Well, I guess <laughs> people, no one's going to steal that like a shovel, huh? People were not prepared. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I got two shovels stolen, actually. I was very surprised. I mean, I would have lent them out if they had just asked. But I, I turned my back, I turned around, the shovel was gone, I started walking around from... Building the building, trying to find it, but even if I had, like, how can you say that's my snow show? You <laughs> pretty much
1: look. I got to write your name on it, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or you got to lick it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, then they wouldn't take it, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully.
1: Yeah, so I mean, you know, getting to help you out was mm-hmm. great. Um, glad we got you all pretty much done. You know, uh, the majority of your your apartment was moved out in one day, and we got to get you some smaller boxes and less things to put in said boxes, because you got some big big heavy boxes. Well, and that's
2: been an ongoing debate between Joe and myself for some time, where Joe has made it clear that he's more than happy to help me move, but he'd be a lot happier if I would just get rid of some of the junk that I don't use. Or as Joe put it, if it's not paying you rent. And it's taking up space. Why the heck is it there? And he's got a point. I'm becoming a bit of a, a hoarder, I guess. Oh, stop! You are not <laughs> yeah.
1: nearly that bad. This really isn't that bad. The van it was it was one of those like E three fifty vans, if you know it, uh, that is. So it, it had like the, uh, it was a pretty big box truck, but it's not like, you know, it's not like a it's not like a big one. It's, right. You know, with like a lift or anything like that on it. So, you know, it's not that you've gotten to that point. In fact, I think that you kind of had pared, maybe had pared down since you were from where you were living before, I think?
2: I have, yeah. You know, moving all that stuff is a pain in the neck, and honestly, a lot of it's books. I mean, I, I, I read the books every so often, but nowadays I can find digital copies of books or pretty much anything else, music. I mean, there's really no reason to have the physical media laying around the house, taking up space, and then... If it's take pre- it all precious, long.
1: like first edition or something, then wow. I I- under- That's understandable, <laughs> you know. Uh, These
2: Star Wars figures are vintage. I Can't take them out of the package.
1: <laughs> well, that's that's fine. We don't want you to play with them. We just want you to put them in a place that you know. Look,
2: they're for show only in the proper lighting conditions.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's why they made them. Right. That's yes. that's exactly why they were. What they, exactly what they were thinking? Then I'm
2: pretty sure it's somewhere in the box in small print. They are not to be taken
1: out of the package. <laughs> Um no I, you know I I and and honestly moving your stuff helped me uh realize again that you know I there's a lot of things that I need to go through and and uh, get rid of and uh and in fact this this spring I want to ho- host a giant like uh, the arts, I hate yard sales, but I want to host like a giant yard sale here in our neighborhood or whatever because there, there was a ton of stuff up in the attic that I've just kind of been like, oh, I'll just pack on. And before you know it, it's like the whole attic is full of stuff that some of it's useful. Uh, I do go up and, and, and pull things out like cables and wires and stuff, but some of this computer stuff I've been holding on to. And while I did do a purge of that like 10 years ago before I moved out, uh. it's time to it's time to do another little purge because a lot of this stuff is like it's useful um maybe you know eight years ago (laughs) or 10 years ago it it would be a lot more useful
2: hey that dot matrix printer might be slow but it will never break
1: (laughs) that's that's very true (laughs) they will they will print until the head breaks (laughs) like just the whole thing falls apart and Mm. crumbles uh, no, I don't think I have any of those up in there. Though I do have some old inkjet printers, which I don't know why I still am holding on to. And and honestly, at this point, I, I'd rather just throw them out and be done with it than than anything. Um, and I feel bad throwing stuff out like that. But the thing is, like, the cartridges, are, are can you even still... You probably can, because it's like, what is it, the HP 74 and 75s? So the, they seem to have been a, main, a mainstay for a long time. So I probably could still, but I think there's a reason why we upgraded in the first place. So...
2: <laughs> no, I agree. I mean, it, and that's one of my biggest hang-ups with getting rid of things is the fact that I just I hate to throw stuff out. And it's like, well, I paid for it; it had its usefulness. Now I want to get something back for it. But you know, as we discussed, I mean, the cost of shipping most of the time is, isn't worth it because I'm getting so little back for the item I'm selling, and then the shipping on top. It's like, well, you know, what's the other option? A yard sale, which we only have a couple of people showing up, and they may or may not be interested in printers yeah (laughs) or craigslist which i've had very mixed experiences with although i learned that the best thing to do at craigslist is to go to the police station if you're going to do a trade with somebody
1: what do you go all the way
2: to the police station uh, i've had some bad experiences with craigslist (laughs) oh wow yeah it almost sounds like you said criminal list you know what it it feels like criminal list oh come on i haven't had that kind of problem problem (laughs) before well you weren't selling vintage star wars figures you don't understand the collector mentality
1: (laughs) Well, then they should be worth enough to sell and ship on eBay. I think so. Right? <laughs> well, I think uh, yeah. I, I like I said, I'm I'm. Ready. There's a lot. Of, I have like a lot of old physical media. Like I've I've transferred a lot of my my movies yeah. and TV shows from DVD to to digital, and I have them on my server, so uh, they're readily available twenty four seven, ready to go anywhere in the world as long as I have internet. So it's like. Well, why am I holding on to this physical box that I have no use for at this point?
2: Yeah, how many copies of Army of Darkness do I really need?
1: Uh, that's a great question, man. How many? How, how many? How would they release what well, like seven or eight, probably more than that. I mean, they just keep re-releasing it. People will keep buying it. You know what? It keeps it on the store shelves. That's what. That's probably why they do those re-releases because you know you, the uh, DVDs and the Blu-ray section has gotten so small at this point because oh, digital yeah. is cannibalizing the hell out of it mm-hmm. that. Uh, you know, it, it's like, okay, well, if we re-release it, then they have a reason to put it on the shelf again. <laughs> like, <laughs> otherwise, there's no reason to get rid of, or d- d- there's no reason to keep it on the shelves.
2: There's really not. But yeah, no, there's definitely a market for re-releasing old films. I mean, you know, look at Jaws. They had the 25th anniversary edition and then the 30th anniversary edition. And it's like, what changed between those five years? They found more <laughs> footage. <laughs> Did, yeah, they went back and, you know,
1: CG sharks, I guess. I, I don't know. <laughs> CGI all this the shark yeah because uh, well actually so a special it, edition at, at this point they probably could do a pretty good uh, Jaws looking pretty good looking Jaws at this point
2: yeah I think most of the other ones have been pretty cheesy looking although you know there was that scene where what um, was it Deep Blue Sea where uh,
1: yeah they're 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 pretty bad CGI sharks yeah but they, dude that was like ten, over 10 years ago that was like 13 years ago at this point I think Bleep Blue Sea came out like 2003 it's 2016 a... they've gotten better
2: I've I shouldn't say all CGI. Most CGI I've seen does not age well. Yeah, especially stuff from like ten, you know, ten years ago. It's, I oh got like remember the Scorpion King. <laughs> yeah, oh. that was bad when it came out. I'm yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, it yeah. probably took them so long to make it.
2: Yeah, I just I really like practical effects, but I understand that you know, it's it's cheaper at this point to do things CG. and plus, I just have to assume that there's less people that have been brought up doing practical effects because the industry that's not where they're at anymore.
1: I mean, right, it's,
2: you know why do something that's less cost efficient for the sake of uh, nostalgia
1: exactly so we're like way off on topic of way off of of uh you know getting rid of the stuff that you don't use or need anymore and and maybe the physical or, or the the experience or the the reason that you keep it you know mm. being uh, sentimental or something like that is, is... It It is a reason, but if you have access to it otherwise, digitally, like, wouldn't it be great to just, like, pick up one hard drive and, uh, you know, oh, it's then, fantastic. Then just move and just go? Yeah. I mean, who wants to sit there and swap out DVDs? I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't want to either. I mean, even with, like, well, we don't have to go down that road. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all right. That's all. We're already at, like, 19 minutes here, but these are um, all
2: legally downloaded digital items from the iTunes store.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're talking about here. Um, exactly (laughs) cough cough so i do hey there's no coughing here uh that's a really bad cough by the way i should see a doctor about it Mm. um let's let's uh i do have a question from a listener jenna uh she she had a question about how i gain so much confidence so quickly when when moving forward into doing different projects and like well really just doing any of the stuff that i'm doing and uh Oh, it was funny because cause she she wrote it and I and I forgot to write back to her, <laughs> and uh so it's it's been like seven days later but I I just wrote back to her that I that I hadn't seen it and I was gonna answer it on this episode, which comes out tomorrow. So when it comes to to confidence, I mean I I think Matt knows me well enough to know that you know. I, while i do have confidence it, it it doesn't come naturally for me right like we we have friends and some friends that are still supposed to be a a guest on my show at some point <coughs> bj uh that you know at some point hopefully you will or he will or she will i meant she he person yep. will per- yeah <laughs> uh and and, uh, you know, it, it just comes naturally for some people. And for me, it, it's really, it's not something that comes natural. It's something that I, I constantly am working on, constantly working towards. And it's it's something that I find that I have to, uh, I'm constantly having a bout with myself because I don't want my confidence to become arrogance or ignorance. Is it? With, with, you're the, you're <laughs> the English guy here.
2: It would be arrogance, but, you know, there's a difference between saying, uh, you know, being assertive and letting people know what you want and being aggressive and, and demanding something from someone else. It's sort of a fine distinction, but people do appreciate, you know, when you let them know what you want and you don't kind of uh, beat around the bush without being rude about it. You know, I, I think, you know, people respond to that um uh better.
1: Yeah, I know, but 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 it's hard when in the moment when you're trying to make that decision of like do I take the um the power road or do i take the the not you know or a sign of weakness i guess is what what i guess what i'm looking for
2: well well, can you provide an example what what's a recent situation you've been in where you had that debate where you know should i be more aggressive about this or i should just kind of cut my losses
1: well all right so so it's just funny because actually right before before this i was having a conversation with a person uh i won't i won't name names but you know they were supposed to have something done uh for me on on monday of last week and i was like all right well i know they're busy i'm not gonna you know jump down their throat because they're they're doing they're doing me a huge for uh favor at the same time so i was like all right i'll let it go let it go let it go well now it's monday and i was like okay well it's been a week now so i have to say something um and you know for you know unfortunately fortunately but unfortunately one of the first things they said to me was don't be afraid to just you know get on my case and like let me know that like hey this is supposed to be done cuz uh you know i i have pretty thick skin but but the thing is like i don't want people to to mistake you know me asking for something to be you know so me asking for something to be a sign of like demanding and and I know like I was saying earlier I know that explaining things is not one of my strong suits so and it's something that I've been working on personally and want to get better at um but yeah so that's that's a case where it's like okay well I was leeway 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 but at the same time like there's things going on that I I kind of need this stuff to get done but, you know, when I, I talked to that person, they said, oh, yeah, 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 like, this is what I was working on. They showed it to me. I was like, wow, this is really awesome. Um, but, like, now they're like, okay, well, this week I will have, I will definitely get this done for you. So, you know, it, like, but it, but it's that thing where I don't want to project anger or, like, I just, I just, I don't want to be an angry person.
2: <laughs> no, I don't think anybody wants to be angry. <laughs>
1: Well, there's people that get paid to be angry, and oh, you know who I'm talking about.
2: And it's entertaining. I mean, I enjoy watching <laughs> you know people flip out. But uh, yeah, it's tough. I mean, on one hand, you want to be respectful to people, and you understand that you know things happen. I mean, you know, it's you can't predict for any eventuality. But on the other hand, this is, if something's important to you, you have to let people know. Hey, here's what I expect. And it just it come, it all depends on like how you come across. As long as you're saying this is what I want. You're not like this is you know why isn't this done yet blah 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 you know you're you're not attacking we're just saying hey this is what I want and then you, know, you check back occasionally yeah is this done yet where are we at just you know let them know that uh, you're keeping an eye on them but you're not you know you don't want to be breathing down their neck it's I think it, it really just comes on how you uh, <laughs> I guess not so much what you say is how you say it you know as long as you're not going there with like you know angry and you know banging your fists on the table. <laughs>
1: Well, again, that's assuming that the person that you're, you're dealing with um, knows that you're, um, you're, you're not trying to come across that way. Because right, sometimes people take things out of context or they, they see it how they want to see it. They put that uh, sure. you know, their own spin on it. And, and, and actually, in this same week, I had somebody mistaken what I was saying mm-hmm. um, for that and and it really hurt my feelings like because i would never ever want this person to feel bad or upset about what i was saying to them and they just totally did not understand where i was coming from at all and took it their own way even though i thought i explained it very well again i'm really bad explaining things
2: (laughs) yeah well people do take things out of context especially with text messages but even in person you can
1: uh well that was that that, that one was actually in person mm-hmm. well then uh, they have no excuse <laughs> um so well the yeah i guess <laughs> i i don't know it was it was a bad situation uh trying to work through that but um i you know but with, with the rest of like when it comes to having confidence as far as like doing stuff right not necessarily just dealing with people or whatever it's you know i i get a lot of confidence from music and uh yeah. i i i mean i really i'm a huge kanye west fan and and because he he projects uh not just loving himself and that you should be loving yourself and i and obviously you know he's a pretty polarizing figure um to many people but if you really you know really listen to his music a lot of it is about you know projecting your your best most confident self and not just projecting it, but actually doing it. As uh, I, I know that th- this this quote's been thrown around a lot, but the uh, it's not bragging if you can you know if you can back it up or if you can do it. I know there's a I forget what baseball player was saying it or said said it. Uh, was it dizzy? Uh, who was it? On, I'm I'm googling it, but I mean Muhammad Ali apparently said it once. But I also know there, I'm pretty sure there was a baseball player that once said it. And I can't think uh oh Dizzy Dean, uh baseball Hall of Famer. It's not bragging if it's if you've done it or can do it. It, 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 Yeah, everybody everybody that's confident apparently says this. And it's true. Right? Like and that's that's one of the things. Like I know I battle with Melissa um from time to time about this like she's like, Oh, you know, you're sounding too too confident, too cocky, and I'm like, But but I've done it. Like I'm not saying stuff that I haven't done. And that I think that's that's really the important part. Like it's not a you know. It's not that you should go around being like, oh, I'm the best, I'm the best, blah, blah 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 blah. But it's like if you're saying stuff because you've done it, like you did it. So how is that? It's not brag. Sure, there's
2: nothing wrong with taking charge and saying I got this because you know how to do it. You're you're the best person for the job. You know why sit there and you know let people debate back and forth? It's like I can do it. I can do it right now. I can get it done. No questions asked you know, what are we waiting for? You know, and that's, that's not being cocky. I mean, you know, as, as the quote states, you can say whatever you want, just be prepared to back it up. You know, if you're just going around just saying stuff because it sounds good, well, that's a different story.
1: <laughs> but if you,
2: you know, if you've got the experience or you've got the training in something, you know, by all means, you should, you should be proud of that. you should let people know, Hey, I can take care of this for you and and do it and show them, Hey, you know, I'm perfectly capable. And you know, I think it raises your, uh, Raises you up in other people's eyes, and, and it helps your own self-esteem as well. When you can say, you know what, I can do this. You know, I, I can prove it. I can do well to people, and I feel pretty good about that.
1: Yeah, and you and you should, um, because obviously, if you if you can't, people are going to find out real quick, and, <laughs> and you're going to you're going to look pretty silly, to uh, put it nicely.
2: Another quote that gets tossed around a lot is the uh, you know the "fake it till you make it" line, which I know it sounds ridiculous, but honestly, I like to think of it as you know more along the lines of you know practice makes perfect, because Initially, you might be faking something, but the more you work at it, eventually you will become good at it, you know, and, and that goes for, you know, really anything. And I think confidence is one of those things where if you never project um, your, your wants, you know, like, like my niece, for example, normally you wouldn't think of a child as confident, but if she wants something, she has this broken record routine where she'll say, oh, I want this. No, you can't have that. I want it. Well, we can't have it. Okay, that's great. I still want it. And eventually, we'll come to a treaty. <laughs> we'll meet her halfway, <laughs> but she's ex- she's expressing her wants and she's being confident about it. She's like, oh, "I can't have it. That's great, but I still want it." And you know, not not backing down. I think is part of being confident because people will try anything to get out of <laughs> out of a contract or out of an agreement or just you know, even something as simple as, um, "Oh, you know, I, I brought my car here yesterday to get it fixed, and it's still making this noise." Oh, well, that's not my problem. You know, you're not a mechanic. What do you know? It's like, well, I know my car is making a weird noise. <laughs> you told me it was fixed yesterday, so how about you look at it again? <laughs> it, you know, it, it's but using. I mean, the reason I bring up mechanics is a lot of people, you know, go in there because they don't know anything about cars. They don't feel confident enough to, you know, to disagree with the mechanic or even have it explained. And so they just kind of take it in like, well, you know, I guess it's the best I can get. Or even with computers. I mean, a lot of people on my job are afraid to you know, call up and let us know about their problems. But it's like, well, I'm not here to judge you. I'm not going to be nasty with you. You're so stupid. how did this happen? You know, you're an idiot for not backing up your files. It's like, okay, problems happen. We'll figure out what's fixed. You know, thanks for telling me, making my job easier instead of having to, to guess what's wrong or, you know, wait till things really get bad. And then it's like, now I'm trying to fix something that could have been prevented. So it's, I guess, uh, and a right roundabout way I was getting to, is you just, you know, you got to speak up for yourself. Let people know what you want. And don't be afraid to keep demanding things until you get at least some of what you want. You, you're not always going to win, but at least you should get to the point where you feel happy, and you're going to feel a lot better. At you spoke up for yourself, and not just you know let people walk all over you. And it's you know true of anything.
1: I think you just pointed out why I'm why you're better at explaining things than I am. <laughs> I mean, as most people are, I, I'm just so bad at it. Um,
2: That's it. I'm taking over the podcast. <laughs>
1: There you go, (laughs) Matt. It's all yours, man. How do I work all this stuff? (laughs) I got a school for that. (laughs) Really? Well, it's now been over 30 some minutes. Uh, we should probably wrap this up because we have Derek Zardis on the show and he, you know, it's wonderful. The, the amount of dedication guy's going to quit his job. Actually, he had already, um, at this point has quit his job and started his path to 50 marathons in 50 States in 50 weeks. Incredibly impressive. It, It is. It is. Um, it's it's an incredible story and i can't wait till he gets it all done i actually i can't wait till he gets to this area so i can hang out with him a bit and maybe go running with him um when he's in our area so looking looking forward to that matt i want to thank you for uh sitting in with me today it's it's been a lot of fun way more fun than it was probably going to be me uh (laughs) going on and by myself so
2: thank you for having me it was an unexpected treat and uh yeah you know I i had a good
1: time yeah, definitely love to have you on again, just you're way better explaining things than I am. <laughs> and you oh, know what? That's hey, that's part of confidence right You Just right gotta there. work at it. Being able to admit when other people are better at something than you are.
2: I know and I know between now and the next podcast you're gonna practice at it and you're gonna have an awesome explanation for something that I know nothing about, so I'll have no way <laughs> to contest it. I
1: don't know, you're you're pretty full of knowledge, Matt. it'd be hard to it'd be hard to get one by you.
2: Oh, thank you. That's, and this is all leading to my spin-up podcast or spin-off podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we can make that happen if you want. <laughs> all right. Well, get ready for uh, Derek Zardis. Hey, dreamers! This show is made possible by listeners like you. If you love the work that has been done so far, please consider going to howtodream.co/slash/donate to contribute. Thank you so much for your consideration and support. Hey, Dreamers. Today, I'm talking with Derek Zardis. That's how you say your last name, right? Zardis. Yes, bang. Got man. it. <laughs> Who is making his dreams come true by running 50 marathons in 50 states in 50
0: weeks. Wow. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> that sounds awesome, man. Yeah, if you, When you say that, when you say that sounds awesome you say it as if you're saying boy that sounds like being strapped into a table and slowly dragged from one end to the other and to a certain extent it is if that's your kind of awesome
1: well yes hey different strokes baby it's true (laughs) what uh so let's get let's get back let's get into your background here. Uh, what you know before we go into uh, the awesomeness of 50 marathons?
0: I think I was raised to be a gypsy. I have a long story of many different dreams. My grandfather used to take one of the largest carnivals up and down the east coast. and so while I was in womb, my parents were traveling with my uh, grandfather on a regular basis. So I've always had a a deep-seated passion for travel. Um, My grandfather eventually settled in a small amusement park, and that's where I grew up. I actually started working from the time I was seven. Went into uh, drama, so studied um, acting at Boston University for a couple years. Went on the road with a show, and unfortunately found that I really loved traveling more than I did performing. So then... Got hooked up in the cruise industry and worked on cruise ships for um, about four years amongst three different lines, was able to do world cruises and, and see the world on cruise ships. But if you've ever been on a cruise, you know about the all-you-can-eat buffets at all times of the day. And even for somebody as young and active as I was, uh, I was putting on some weight and um, had always enjoyed running. So I started running at that time on on a somewhat consistent basis. So my relaxation in the middle of the day, if I had a chance to break, would be to go run out on deck, either at lunch or at dinner time, where I didn't need to entertain guests at that time, and go for an hour or two hour run. Um, got off the ships, moved to Canada, moved back from Canada, first wife, uh, ended up in Florida, and thought I had found somebody who wanted to travel the rest of their lives with me. Uh, But we found a great place. I live in a fantastic community uh, in central Maine filled with artists and musicians and storytellers and an amazing community here on the river. And, and so you find this amazing place and you don't want to give it up. So we had been nesting here uh, for the past nine or 10 years. And at some point, needed to run. And I think that part of my desire to run was just that constant desire that seems to be inherent in my DNA of, of traveling and moving. So even though i had found a, a comfortable nesting spot, um, the need to move on a consistent basis, um, really started to call to me. So I started running on and off for the past couple of years, uh, found that, I was never going to be super fast, but that I enjoyed running for long periods of time, much longer than many of my friends. So two, three, four hours um, where I'm getting adrenaline highs on the run that just keep me uh, maintained. And so despite some physical setbacks, that's that's kind of where I've been at. And I've just been working on how can I consistently run on a regular basis and, and make that my life.
1: And, and in running 50 marathons.
0: Yes, in that's fifty exactly weeks. Right. In had 50 a fairly major life change in this past year. And for the past couple of years, the big dream had become uh, my ex-wife's business. So my ex-wife uh, had decided to become a massage therapist. She's skilled at it. She was excellent. Um, so she plunged head on in it. And we had found an amazing space for her to do that. That was both our home, and her spa, and then life changes. We decided at that point uh, a couple of years into this that for whatever reason the relationship was not working for both of us and so something that had become a mainstay of my dream scape changed. and I said, "Well, fantastic. okay, so back to the dream board. If I could be doing anything in my life right now, if somebody gave me a million dollars, what would I do? And I would be traveling and running, so I don't have a million dollars. So I sat there and said, even without a million dollars, running and traveling in and of itself are not difficult things to do. People think they are, but they're really not. There is a lot of options in in many different ways. Running at its base, you need some shorts and a pair of sneakers. You know, traveling, you need. The ability to put one foot in front of the other, and even that is, you know, not necessarily the case all the time. So um, I said, I can do this. So sat down, started mapping out a plan of how next year I can run in 50 states in uh, 50 weeks.
1: Now, through that, are you going to hold a job? No,
0: no, I'm, I'm taking off a year. Now, I've saved a lot this year. And I also have a, a reserve just in case something was to go horribly wrong. Certainly I have savings that if I needed to to draw upon um, that I could use that as a rescue fund. But most of this year has been paring back my life and sitting there saying, what do I really need? Um, far too often, I find that many of us fill our, our lives with things to take the place of what we really need. And the fact of the matter is what I want or need is I need at this time to run and to travel. So once you start pairing out those things, uh, other things become less important. Do I need to have the cable program? Do I need to see every movie that's coming out? Do I need uh, to have tchotchkes around my house? Um, This past year, aside from going through a divorce and having to sort through things, There's a lot of things that you bring into your life as part of your nest. Well, if the goal is not to have a permanent nest per se in the future, you don't need most of those things. Um, So then it becomes a matter of of quality versus quantity and, and focusing on the things that are moving you forward towards your dream.
1: What are you planning on doing with all the medals that you get? <laughs> you
0: know I mean, you
1: said no chotskys I mean.
0: No, I have to admit, I'm, I'm not a huge metal collector. Um, there is a great uh, organization that you can donate medals to. Um, I have a friend that uh, helps coordinate that. And any medals that I win go to that organization at this point. Um, medals for, oh, I can't remember the name of the organization. Um Medals at this point have become huge, brass, uh, crazy things that make me feel like I'm, uh, I'm going to become a rapper in the, in the late 80s or something along those lines. Um, I have one or two medals that I keep because they are monumental to me or because um, I could wear them. Uh, the medal that, that I got this year from the Bay of Funding Marathon, which was my first official marathon of the year. Uh, is a fantastic handcrafted metal that is maybe the size of uh, Canadian toonie, a little bit larger if you're familiar with that coin, and um, easily feels comfortable around the neck that you could wear on a regular basis because it's handcrafted, has a fantastic texture. That sort of thing I could keep because I could wear that on a night out. I'm not saying I'm going to the disco or anything and stand alone, stand alone but I am going to wear that medal from time to time because it feels good. Um, most of the medals aren't medals that I would feel good. And, and just having them around my house for me, it, when I get back to having a house of my own, uh, I am amazed when I go into others, other runners' houses and they have hundreds and hundreds of medals and they've come up with these amazing systems um, for sharing their medals uh, with the world. And in some cases, these people who run hundreds of races a year have their entire house dominated with these, these race things. And that's fantastic. If, if that in them empowers them to take that next step, that's great for them. But for me, the, the run itself is uh, is what empowers me to take the next step.
1: So the organization that you were mentioning to uh, was metals for metal. Yes. It's M E D A L -S 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 S the number four, M-E-T-T-L-E.org. And I'll have that in the show notes uh, as well. I already made a note to put it in there.
0: Fantastic. Great organization. They run some fantastic virtual runs where you run all together at a certain time and then they send out these fantastic uh, tchotchkes boxes so that you can be uh, inundated with all these new companies that are coming out with great products for runners Uh, But in and of itself, it raises a lot of money for a great organization. The look on the faces of kids who receive a medal and the idea that you would be thinking of them, whether you're thinking of somebody specifically, because I've run for people before, I've run with people in mind as I was running, uh, or the idea that you're even just thinking of them in general, uh, enough to give a medal. The look on their faces and their acceptance is really amazing.
1: No, I would agree. I, I know some friends that donate to uh to the organization. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll like I said, I'll definitely have it in the in the show notes. Terrific. Uh, so what was some of the first steps you took to get started training for for all these marathons in such a short period of time?
0: You know, for me, I look at others and they plunge right in, Joe. Um, there's some people that do this on a much shorter period of time. Uh, there is a fairly famous British comic. Um, who also does serious work, so not to downplay him, but he's definitely known as, comedian known as Eddie Izzard. And he, with about five weeks of training, uh, ended up running 42 marathons in 52 days, uh, every day walked or ran for about 26, 27 miles uh, in England. Um, uh, and that was a bit much. Uh, I, I, I'm amazed. I'm, a, I, you know, people sit there and go, Derek, I'm really amazed at what you're doing. I'm, I'm amazed that he would plunge in. He said the number one thing that he developed was a healthy respect for pain. And part of me and my running is I'm trying to avoid pain. I'm trying to run for life. I'm trying to keep moving. So uh, I've developed Uh, patterns that make it very aware that when I'm doing certain things that I know at this point are tearing down my system I stop it is none I won't debate with myself at this point so if I feel sharp pains for whatever reason it is two weeks off um so that i can rest recover the micro tear whatever is occurring is uh, has a chance to recuperate and then i slowly back out um mostly i follow a run walk regiment uh that's been laid out by jeff galloway there's other people who propose it but he is he is the major proponent uh, of it so and and has a vast body of work that he reads unfortunately we don't have a galloway group uh, directly up here in Maine or central Maine where it's easy to travel to. Um, but I'm hoping that on my travels that I can get a chance to, to run with some of those groups and see some of the longer uh, practical purposes. But even with that, I have to admit his training cater, the people that he has around him were a bit amazed uh, when I had written because he has a program for coaching through at least one marathon. And uh, I said, well, I have this money set aside and it would be fantastic if I could get this coaching from him, realizing that it's mostly set emails. It's mostly plug and play for him at the price that he's offering. I have access to emailing him for questions, but some of those questions are probably being answered by his team as a whole. And then for the most part, the, the training is set training for him. So I had written to them saying, well, I'm really looking to use this training to train for 50 marathons, and the emails that I got back were, whoo, well, I, that is very ambitious, and I don't know whether or not this training can really be adapted to that, Um, and I said, really, I, I just am looking for a little bit of guidance. She's like, Maybe we could do, we usually do one race. If you were doing something like the Disney World uh, Goofy, where you're running kind of four short races in a row, maybe we could work the training and involve that. But the idea of the constant marathon, uh, we really can't fit into this program. I said, oh, okay, fantastic, which was poor. I I really, at this point now, after a couple months of putting my dream into place and getting people to realize that this is something that I'm going to be doing one way or the other, I I really should have been a bit more direct and come back to the person and said, so let's talk about what you can do. Let's not talk about what you can't do. Let's talk about what you can do. If it's one race, that's fine, but realize that I'm going to be building on top of what you're, you're, you're doing so how can we work that together? I didn't really readdress that. And I know that in the future, as I'm, as I'm talking to other runners or other organizations, that I really need to focus on that move forward with positive intent. So, okay, so you can't help me in this scenario. How can you help me? Who can help me? What, what would be the next step? Unfortunately, I was. I I think what was scaring me and why I didn't was the way that the letter was phrased. It made it sound like the next step was going from $300 to $1,000 or $2,000 since $300 is for for one race and I wanted to essentially do 52. So I I think that scared me and I, I shouldn't be scared. I should be able to say, look, this is what I want. Where can we meet as a halfway point? And if you can't provide that, who could? So you're the big name. Who's your second? Who's the third guy down on the list? Maybe the third guy down on the list would help me for $300. Uh, you know, <laughs> something along those lines.
1: Well, yeah, it, it's tough sometimes to, to find those people. I mean, maybe maybe reaching out to the guy that did, uh, was it 50 marathons in 50 days?
0: Right. I'm, I, I, I I just found out about Eddie Izzard. So he did this back in 2009 or 2010, really just a couple years after the great Dean Carnassus did his monumental track and and once again i want to clarify what i'm doing i'm actually not running 50 races i'm running 50 race routes so there are plenty of times where i am not getting a medal it would be logistically and financially very difficult for me to do 50 marathons a lot of marathons at this point are above the hundred dollar rate a hundred dollar mark for a marathon even in an early submission uh, series. So you might get 80 or $90 uh, for a marathon if you're doing it a year in advance. Um, And once again, that's quite a layout for something that I am not selling as a product (laughs) in the future. Um, Certainly if anything, I'm helping them market, but I'm sure they don't sit there and see it quite the same way. They, they have, when you have a race of 30,000 runners, as uh, New York does, um, they don't really need me to advertise them, per se. Um, so it, it's, it's $150, Mr. Zardis. Oh, well, and I'm not trying to to, to not pay them. I, I, I certainly respect why those rates are so high, especially running this past weekend. I ran in Montreal, and I ran the route of the uh, Rock and Roll Marathon in montreal and during a race you have cops you know at at, uh, lights during a race you have race support you have volunteers even the the locals have an understanding of where you are and where the the trail is especially in a big city race there's always somebody who might notice that you're off the beaten track (laughs) because i got lost something like six or seven times during the marathon um even having driven the the track even having uh done the research on the map having friends who live in town um there are areas which look very much alike you sit there and go oh yeah this is the street no that wasn't the streets uh as unique a town and city as uh, montreal is with their architecture they certainly have certain things that look alike and i ended up uh adding a couple extra miles well before the point where I I reached 20 miles and said, that's it. I'm tired of being lost. This is a good lesson. And we're going to move forward from here.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, that, that is an interesting, uh, aspect to it. The, the not, you know, running the course, but not the, you know, the official race. And honestly, you know, you might find that, um, towards the end of your journey, that people might be more interested in what you're doing than, uh,
0: than than you know just getting started like just those like jumping out of the gate i'm fortunate enough and, and this is how i have it planned right now my first uh marathon which is not a fit an official race is in fort lauderdale which i lived on and off in for about 10 years uh as a home base when i was working on cruise ships and then back and forth between uh canada and before we moved up to new england um i lived in fort lauderdale i still have lots of friends down there and lots of family who will support me uh and the race track is actually fairly um easy so even if i didn't know fort lauderdale it would be really difficult to get lost because for most of it you're running along the ocean to a certain extent you're running along a major highway um unlike montreal where there was quite a bit of zigzagging they had little offshoots and little hammers that you would run as, as far as the trail was concerned, the second run is an official race. So I have a little bit of, um, built in consistency, uh, to begin my, my journey. And then as I'm getting tired towards the end, that's actually where some of the bulk of my races that I am going to be doing, um, are situated, um, the company that I've been pacing for. So, uh, earlier this year, I started working with a company called beast pacing, where they get hired at races to run set paces so uh local runners come in or runners that are associated with beast pacing come in and say hey you've been struggling to break two hours on your um, on your half marathon well i am the 150 pacer so if you run with me you will have a general idea of where you should be i'm consistent i have some tips of how to get through the tough parts of this course Stick with me and I'll get you across the finish line in 150 or two, or, or two hours. Um, so depending on what time you decide to line up with. And when I'm pacing, I, I definitively build in a couple extra minutes into the pace so that people are crossing a minute or two before before the time that I'm set. And, and beast pacing usually paces you at about 15 minutes after your best time. So we were talking about times before the interview today. And my best time for a half marathon is is 2.15. So I can be I can pace at 2.30, 2.45, three hours. Or I could be a sweep for a half marathon, just coming up along and, and helping those people at the end who are sitting there going, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't. Yes, you can. We can do it. I'm here. We're going to make it. And uh, it's, it's really a great feeling when you can help people across that finish line.
1: That's one of the things that I, I've kind of fallen in love with uh in recent recent in most of my recent races is running to you know, not necessarily towards the back, though in this this past weekend though it'll be a while from now, uh running literally within the la starting with like the last like hundred people in the back. I mean the balloon ladies I could shake their hand. I was just so close from when we started.
0: Um <laughs> i gotta tell you it's like the back of the bus my friend The the part the true partiers are in the back of the bus i'm not saying that those folks up at the front don't know how to party but they probably have a race tomorrow as well whereas us in the back we're sitting there going we're going to take our time enjoy the view what you want to offer me a beer on the course why sure that should be fine So if you, once you decide that you're going to be coming in at like five, five hours and 45 minutes coming in at six, six hours, because you, you stopped and had a beer with somebody on the course, you know, that's, that's par for the course. As far as I'm concerned.
1: (laughs) I hear that. Um, So how is, how did your family take all this, uh, this, you know, big, uh, you know, pretty much expensive journey across the country?
0: You know, there's, there's so many things that we can spend our money on. There's plenty of people who will take the kind of money that I'm planning on spending and, and put it into uh, a secondary education. They'll go back to school or they'll open another business (laughs) or any number of things that, that um, potentially will be their next stage in life. And for me, I just know that I would like my next stage in life to involve these two things. Uh, I'm expecting between meeting different people on the, on my trip, uh, reaching out as I have to different running groups and uh, running organizations in some of the, the towns that I'm going to be going to, that uh, I'm going to be making connections that somewhere out there, whether it's uh, with a business of my own, whether Globo Run becomes the destination for travel running, uh, or I end up working for a company that does uh, something similar, that allows me to travel and run. I, I think that this is going to be my my entryway into that either lifestyle or or next uh, career uh, for my a stage in my life, if you will. Um, I've always traveled at one point or another, so my my family is used to me being gone, and they're used to me being out there as far as where I want to go in in this life. Um, so they they take it pretty well and they, they're very supportive. Um, my dad just sits there and goes, oh, that crazy son of mine, this is what he does. And uh, at the same time, my dad is 70 years old this year, can bench press 260. So he has his own, he can bench press me essentially. Um, so he has his own fitness goals and he sits there and goes, okay, so if these are your fitness goals and that's what you want to put it towards and you feel that this is going to make you a better or stronger person then, then go for it. After my first divorce, my dad had said to me, you know what? The number one recommendation that I have for you is to buy two new pairs of, of running shoes and just start running, just start running all the time. Cause you seem to enjoy that. I didn't really listen to him enough, uh, after that first divorce. And, uh, I'd like to think that I'm somewhat taking his advice now. <laughs> um, well, I'm curious, what, what's been the biggest roadblock when it comes to running for you? Ego. Ego is without a doubt the biggest roadblock. It is it is always there for any runner. There is inherently with running a competitive aspect, whether it was when we were in the dawn of time and running was running for food, we were hoping to catch something, or eventually when the first stone was cast that we were running away or running towards a battle. Um, there is a, there is an ego that overrides almost all running and whether it is I'm running great. So I want to run faster. I'm running great. I want to run further. Um, I'm not running great, but I said that I was going to do this. So I'm going to do it. Um, ego gets in my way. All the time um and i need to pair that back and make sure that the 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 planning portion of my brain um has a strong enough idea of what it wants to do that it overrides that ego uh, because otherwise when my ego takes over i end up injuring myself i sit there and i go i'm i'm i'm, I'm running fast i want to run faster and then i go to run faster And then I go, I'm running faster and I want to run stronger. So then all of a sudden I start working out or I start adding things in that are not part of the larger plan. And inevitably, those are the things that end up breaking, breaking down my larger goal, which is to keep running.
1: (laughs) Now, Derek, what was your childhood dream growing up?
0: Ah, I wanted to be a fighter pilot. And, and uh, you may notice I'm wearing my glasses today. I was told at an early age that I could never be a fighter pilot because I wore glasses. And I've had glasses since I was a real kid. So that was totally crushed. And my dad was in the Air Force, so he should know, right? <laughs> now I find out that there are tons of fighter pilots that have uh, vision, whether through contacts or whatever. But at the, at the time, contacts were... Were a distant thing. I, I did have contacts by the time I got to high school, but even as a kid uh, in third grade, the idea of no, you've got really bad eyesight. You'll you'll never be able to f- fly a, a fighter jet kind of thing. That's but that's what I really I, I, at one point wanted to be was a was a fighter pilot. And then through my teenage years and into the early twenties, I I wanted to be an actor, and I I've done some shows and had done some plays. I was fortunate enough to be an extra in one or two movies. Um, but in in the end, that wasn't really as passionate as I was at that time. It wasn't enough to sustain a, a longer passion. If there's something that's been consistent throughout my life that I, I truly love, it, it seems to be travel.
1: So was, speaking of travel, <laughs> yes, what state are you most looking forward to and which state are you least looking forward to?
0: So the state that I'm least looking forward to is the the only state that I had never been to before which is North Wait,
1: Dakota. Uh, oh, I was going to say that.
0: Yes, absolutely. North <laughs> Dakota is is last on most people's list. They have a shirt for that. that. You know that. that. They have a shirt. You got to go to the visitor center. It's not just a shirt. I'm pretty sure it is now their official state motto. Yes, it's yes. The um, last state you want to go to. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, they have money now because uh, well, they had money. I I don't know how it's changing, but they they've had money because of the oil boom up there, right, and they right. put the money into an ad campaign. But the ad campaign's a little questionable, you know. You know, get us mark us off your list early because you'll never want to come back is not necessarily something that inspires me. I I, I am excited. It, it's Fargo that's in North Dakota, so um um between the movie and now the new tv show i guess there's probably tours where i can see uh the wood uh the wood chopper which is on their site a huge thing so
1: that's that's right in their visitor center actually yes that's Oh, oh and it's best for last is the I, shirt I, that I you can guess get so. <laughs> when you go there tell them seriously because I, I only know this because john oliver talked about it on his show oh, yeah, uh, because of the whole oil problem yeah you know problems that they have there um so yeah so go to the visitor <laughs> center how much it's
0: looking forward to only because there's something once i've done the states and i'm like ah i've done all the states um this the, the state that i'm most looking forward to I'm going to take two, to be honest. All right, go ahead. Take two. And one is Utah. Um, For whatever reason, I have been to Utah, and I've been there long enough in a day to say that I've been to Utah, but I was on the other side on the four corners, and it's a rather boring part of Utah. We were just literally passing through for the day, and we had a a day in the boring part of Utah. Um, I'm really looking forward to going to Zion National Park. Uh, there is a marathon, St. George Marathon. Uh, I won't be running the official marathon, but I will be running the route. And you're going by a lot of these beautiful landmarks that we tend to identify with the great, um, the great West uh, Desert and and Hardstone. And then very shortly thereafter, uh, although I've been to California many times and I've been to many areas of California, the area that I'm really looking forward to. Um, is, is uh, Lake Tahoe for whatever reason, just because where it's positioned um, it never quite fit into the schedule to get up to Lake Tahoe. But when you talk about childhood dreams, I think that all the um, video games, when we were kids, Joe, and I don't think we're too far off as far as age difference. It seems like all of the video games that involved sports of one sort or another, especially exports, always had a Lake Tahoe background. So I fell in love with Lake Tahoe on an 8-bit, 32-color, you know, digitally squared look. So when I saw my first pictures of actual Lake Tahoe and sunrises and sunsets, it's just always been a place I've wanted to go, but timing-wise never seemed to work out. So um, that uh, that is definitely... Number one and number two is probably Zion uh, National Park and Lake Tahoe.
1: Now, when you're doing all this, are you just traveling from state to state, or are you gonna like fly back and forth? Or no, no, no to, th- like... this
0: is I am getting in a car. I just purchased a, a new, <laughs> new to me Ford Focus uh, with great gas mileage and a little bit more room in the back. So, in a worst case scenario, if I need to take a nap, sort of thing. Um, many states I'm staying with friends. I already have about 23 friends who at any point would say, Derek, come visit us, and I'm going to spend the week with them. Um, So that was easy, uh, 23 states down. On top of that, I've had about another four or five friends of friends volunteer spaces. uh, And I, I had not previously heavily promoted my trip because I wanted to make sure that I was physically able and ready to do this. And with this past month, uh, well over about 150 miles between running and walking, uh, in October and even November, even though I didn't finish the full marathon, uh, this past Sunday, and I only did 20 miles, I'm feeling strong. I'm feeling that I have the tools to be able to complete this. So I'm, I'm finally reaching out, um, to friends of friends and some larger groups that I can draw upon, uh, to be hosted in each of the States. So I'm actually driving a, um, a clockwise circuitous route around the U S and I, I have uh, maps uh, on roadtrippers.com uh, is kind of where I'm mapping things out. And unfortunately none of the mapping companies allows you to have a pure 50 point map roadtrippers is as close as it comes. They, they allow up to a 40 point map. So what I've actually broken it down is into quarters with the main marathons, uh, as far as my weekly schedule, I, I plan on being in a state for about a week. So in that week, I will do a marathon. I will do a state or national park. If the marathon is in the state or national park, then I will probably do a big city run of some sort. I want to do a group run because I, I organize a local group run and I'd like to see what's making those other group runs so successful so I can help build, uh, the group run in my community a little bit better. And then hopefully if my legs will handle it, I, I should be doing about four runs a week. So the, the fourth run should be just a general run just for, uh, keeping things in place and making sure that things are gliding smoothly in my body.
1: Well, that, I mean, that sounds wonderful. And you know, if you need a place to stay and, uh, just outside of Philadelphia, New South Jersey, Delaware, or Maryland. Um, Thank you. I look very forward to, close uh,
0: to, to meeting you. I, I definitely want to get together with you, and I want to run with you. Uh, I think you'll far
1: outrun fast. me. <laughs> no, point. no,
0: I'm I'm really not that fast, Joe. And and the great thing is, you use occasionally Nike Plus uh, to uh, to gauge your runs, and I uh, you've posted some times and things, and I said, oh, for me, I run very slow. I, I, my, I do not set high, high goals for most of my training runs. I do a speed run once every two weeks. I do, uh, and then the alternate week is a hill run. Most of the other time I am running at um, a, an easy clip. Uh-huh. Um, although I feel that I could do the half marathon in 215, uh, in general, most of the times when I'm running a half marathon kind of training, I'm really shooting around 245 to 3 um, because it's training. And, And quite frankly, this entire year is training. So although the goal is to pick up momentum, I'm not planning on starting those first marathons in any kind of record pace for me. If I'm picking up a PR at the two lights marathon in, um, in mobile, mobile, Alabama, then I've done something wrong. As far as I'm concerned, I'm, 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 I'm blowing my load Uh, a little too early in the, in the uh, game, uh, as far as it's concerned. And and there's plenty of people who do that in the race. You watch people take off, you get caught up in the moment, you get caught up in the competitive spirit and you just take off and three miles down the road, you're like, Whoa, where'd all my energy go? Well, you just ran two minutes faster than you've ever run before for the last three miles. Of course you have no energy left. You, you used it all up for that. Um, Which is which is what I enjoy about the pacers is when people sit there and go, aren't you running a little slow? And I'm like, nope, I'm running right on pace. So if you're planning on running with me the entire time, this is going to be the pace that we're going to run on. Um, But I appreciate that offer and I will definitely run with you. As it turns out, my dad lives in Delaware. um, And uh, so he is kind of a base camp for the Philadelphia, Baltimore area, per se, uh, aside from the Delaware race. Um, But if you know somebody in Scranton, instead of choosing the Philadelphia Marathon, which I've run before, I'm actually there. the, The Scranton Marathon gets a lot of great press as one of the great marathons. I know you're sitting there. I see the look on I your ju- face. I just, there going, are we talking about Scranton, Pennsylvania? Cause that's how I grew up thinking of it. But I understand that the town has gone through a, a bit of a Renaissance and as a marathon, it's incredibly well supported. And, uh, and it's a beautiful race through the town and through the river. Uh, once again, I, I won't be running it through one of its benefits, which is the support. Um, but I, I do plan on running that race for Pennsylvania. So if you know somebody there, uh, in fact, at, for people who are, interested in supporting uh the trek as it were my website globalrun.com has a page for hosting so and a page with the races that i'm planning on running and the approximate times that i expect to be running that race in general i plan on running most races on sundays why because in general sunday mornings there's less traffic there's less chance of me getting hit by a car um there's less uh, hubbub going around if it's a city um it's safer on the roads if there is not a um a side course to run or a sidewalk to run on or even a, a large shoulder to the road. Uh, nobody likes running in the ditch. Um and so uh, Sunday morning is an ideal time, but let's face it, if I see that there's a thunderstorm on Sunday morning, I'm gonna run on Saturday or I'm gonna run on Monday. Um the goal is beautiful runs in beautiful places. Um so, if you are interested in being a part of the journey people can go to my website globalrun.com they can check out the races and they can let me know if uh they live close by and if they'd like to host.
1: Oh that'd be awesome. Yeah, we we definitely should uh get together there. And it's funny you say Scranton because uh, somebody I just met was like, "Oh yeah, I'm from Scranton." And somebody gave them a look like <laughs> the look, right? Yeah, and <laughs> he's like, "No,
0: no, no, it's not as bad as it used to be." And <laughs> uh <I'm laughs> not- You know, what a fantastic, another great uh, tourist slogan. It's not as bad as it used to be. But the same thing can be said about Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is a gorgeous city. It is a beautiful city. They've done a phenomenal job at cleaning up. But I can tell you, when I went there for the first time in 1982, it was a scary, blighted land. I'm not exaggerating. Where you would drive into downtown and the great tower of learning would have these cigarette nicotine stains of dripping down the side of the building there literally was this this smog residue that was on the buildings that they have since cleaned up they've cleaned up the air quality they've certainly cleaned up the city the rivers are if not pristine they are stunningly beautiful i I, you know people say oh you don't want to jump into those rivers you'll end up with an extra leg or something like that um but it um it, it really is that's pennsylvania some of these places have turned it around and 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 it's uh it's always amazing to hear people go it's especially people who are from there because those are the people that you tend to have the hardest time turning around when people who live there can say yes it's not as bad as it used to be that's a huge thing because time and time again when i hear people slagging on cities it's people who are from there not people who visit
1: yeah yeah yeah, definitely um so, yeah, I, I, I'll I'll see. I'll dig him and see if I can figure out who it was I met that was from Scranton. Terrific. Because uh, I think they were a runner. So. And for a runner, even better. I think so. Um, anyway, uh, I know that it's a little early in the game for you, but what do your dreams for the future look like?
0: That, that's what I really love about being on this podcast, Joe. Thank you very much again for having me, is uh, that this is the beginning of my journey that I haven't really sure I've run and I, I've, I've done some fun things, but, but this is the beginning of the dream. And it starts really, wow, in about uh, 40 days, comparatively speaking. So I will start uh, traveling down to Florida, but I will do my first marathon uh, January 3rd, uh, if, if all things uh, work out properly. And uh, so the dreams for the future, ideally what be, would be fantastic is... After running the states, that I go on and run the world. If somehow, whether through communicating through the site and finding an audience or something along those lines, can sustain me being on the road, um, whether th- as an ambassador of one sort or another, either for companies or for races or so many other opportunities, part of this year is about exploring that. Um, so, ideally, if that was to occur, this first year would be around the U.S. I would end up having two to three months off in the beginning of 2017, and I'm actually looking at hopping on a cruise ship to cross over to Europe, uh, April of 2017, um, and and I would start running 50 countries in 50 weeks uh, in Europe, starting the end of April, beginning of May, uh, in 2017. That would be that would be the the big dream.
1: Wow. Oh, that definitely sounds obtainable
0: uh, once
1: you get through this.
0: Right. Exactly. And this is just baby steps towards uh, total total global domination.
1: So before we wrap up here, is there any last thoughts you'd like to share? Uh,
0: the, The thoughts that I'd like to share is that if you have a dream and somebody is telling you that it is impossible, you need to prove them wrong. Because it is very easy to plan that dream in such a way that it can be done. Obviously, time travel, very difficult. Flying, very difficult as, as a person who is, uh, is a super person of some sort. I'm not saying you should mutate your genes and become the Hulk. But if there is something that you're sitting there saying, Gosh, I wish I could do this, even just the planning of that dream is incredibly enriching. My last couple months, as I have been planning out what I needed to do in order to make this larger dream possible, has been incredibly enriching for me to see what I could do, who I could speak to, how I can make things happen for myself. And I think that. In that process, people will be surprised at the doors that will be open. And quite often, what I hear from people who do those sort of things is that they go back, when they look back, is they say, I wish I had dreamed bigger. Uh, And so if you have that dream now and you're, you're sitting there going, that's impossible, then you should be working towards that larger dream. And find out what little dreams will get you there. I'm not saying quit your job tomorrow and become an astrophysicist. I'm saying that if that's your larger goal, sit down and start planning out the steps of how you can go from being a real estate agent to an astrophysicist and start working towards that because the journey itself is almost as rewarding as the eventual uh, trip that you, you will make.
1: Oh, that was beautifully put. <laughs> and I couldn't agree more. Uh you know, you you do have to uh dream big, but but at the same time you have to do. You have to you have to do it. And uh Yes. You know, do what you can do when when you can, while you can and, and uh a lot of things will fall into place from there, things you, you don't even realize are available to you yet until you get there. So you make those first couple of steps and it opens up, uh, ways of thinking and, and channels of doing that you didn't even know you, you could. So yeah,
0: two conflicting quotes I have kind of working towards, uh, my goal this year is the first is the idea of patent saying that, uh, uh, luck comes to the prepared. So you want to have enough things planned, but then there's another armed forces quote that uh, the plan never survives the enemy. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I want to make sure that I'm, I have enough plans so that when I meet the enemy, even if the enemy is my ego, that, uh, that I have options uh, of where to go.
1: Sounds solid to me. <laughs> uh,
0: Thanks a lot, Joe. No,
1: you're, thank you. Uh, so real quick, just give your, your website again, how people can connect with you.
0: Yep. It is Globorun, G-L-O-B-O-R-U-N.com. You'll be able to track where I'm going. I expect to be updating the site uh, every week um, with the runs uh, and where I'm at and the amazing people I'm sure to be connecting with. Now, at least one of them will be you, Joe
1: yeah definitely most definitely uh maybe even some of uh you know listeners with the dreamers podcast might be interested in in uh hosting or just uh connecting and, and getting out and running with you if you're in their their area
0: that would be awesome
1: would be uh so i again i really appreciate you coming on the show and and i would love to have you on again uh maybe i don't know maybe halfway through or all the way through Let's let's, uh, let's let's plan see on
0: that. Do. I'll see you. I'll see you in seven months.
1: That sounds that sounds pretty solid. I like the idea. Terrific. All right. Thank you again, Derek. It's
0: Joe. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Dreamers Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Dreamers Podcast. Join us on Facebook at facebook.com dot slash Dreamers Podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the Dreamers Podcast, please send an email to J jay at jpar.co. This podcast is copyright 2014 by jpar.co.